0: at 617-708-3241. Or you can email radio at bnntv.org.
1: Your hosts coming to you from the BNN Live Studios in Eggleston Square. Also tonight being simulcast on our sister radio station, 102.9 FM, that's uh, WBCA Radio. Tonight, very special show. Uh, all politics, as is our usual want. And tonight, the flavor is decidedly local to... Boston City Councilors join us in separate interviews. Uh, first up, uh, at-large Boston City Councilor Erin Murphy joins us. She uh, pulled papers to run for re-election and uh, uh, just finished off uh, a new map. Uh, won't affect her, but uh, will affect all the districts. We'll talk with her about that. Then, in the second half, uh, old friend, of District Three City Councilor Frank Baker joins us. Uh, Frank announced earlier this spring that he will not be running for re-election in District 3 after uh, 12 years on the council. And uh, we'll find out what made him decide to move on. And all of that and more tonight on Talk of the Neighborhoods. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. With talk of the neighborhoods, I'm Joe Heisler, your host tonight a two-part show, but all local politics, which we love uh, here at BNN. Of course, uh, we are into an election season. Just finished up two special elections for two House seats: uh, one in South End, the other West Roxbury, uh, and Jamaica Plain. Also, a little piece of Brookline. Those have been decided. Uh, John Moran was elected in the Ninth Suffolk. House District, and in the 10th, uh, Billy McGregor uh, was elected. There's also a special election coming up for the District 8 City Council seat. Kenzie mm-hmm. Bach, who served there uh, and distinguished herself in that role, uh, has uh, resigned to take the uh, administrator's job at the Boston Housing Authority. And so uh, coming up in July, don't, if you're yeah. living in District 8, don't leave town. Oh, uh. You have an uh, election. Yeah, We have another special election. I'm pleased to have joining me tonight, talking about uh, City Council. Uh, she's an at-large City Councilor, first elected in 2021, is that correct?
2: Yeah, well, uh, I was sworn in early that, from yeah, my election in 19. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, December anyway, 1st of the,
1: 2021. Yeah. There we go. And i uh, uh, pleased to have her joining me now. Oh, no, nice thank you. you. I'm, I'm happy to, to, to be back. Yeah. And uh, I said at the top that you papers and you're running again I did. So it's that's re-election a, season oh, 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 and on. my
2: signatures was certified yeah, yeah, last week yeah, so we're yeah yep. the field is set
1: parade season so you'll you'll be seeing her around in about yeah. uh
2: I'll be in my own neighborhood <laughs> the Dorchester day parade this that's right, weekend coming
1: up this mm-hmm. weekend um well so you were first elected that was not quite two years ago-hmm uh, how, how is this gig? It's been how a How is this gig? Is it, is it what you expected? Everyone I mean, asks
2: it... me that. Yeah? Is it everything I thought? Um, yeah. Yes, and then some, right? Yeah.
1: How so? Explain.
2: Sure. Um, definitely a busy schedule, yeah. which I like. I like being out in the neighborhood, yeah. so it's balancing my work in City Hall, which I go every day. My staff's in there in the legislative side and preparing for hearings mm-hmm. and city council meetings and making sure we're passing the budget and all of the important things for the city, and then also being in the neighborhoods. I always say I can't be a good at-large city councilor if I'm not in the neighborhoods and really meeting people and finding out what their needs are, so balancing that schedule. I keep a busy schedule, which in um, my staff is amazing and helps me get <laughs> to places. One today, you know, I was in Brighton, and a staff member was at the Hipoc coffee hour, so we Divide and conquer to make sure that we get wow. around in trying to
1: cover the entire city. Yeah. Um, so of course, uh, and more recently, there's been, you know, especially uh, the debate over redistricting has, has mm-hmm. been somewhat divisive. I think that's fair to say. And some would say bitter. Uh, some of the sure. remarks are yeah. pretty, uh, uh, pretty intense, intense, yeah. pretty testing. Yeah. Are you
2: surprised at that? Um, no, I'm not surprised, but. I thought it was unnecessary at times but not surprised
1: uh, what, what do you mean unnecessary though
2: well attacks on individual or personal people for me it was making sure that i took my vow like i took an oath to uphold not just the city charter and mm-hmm. the rules of the council but also the constitution redistricting only happens once every 10 years so most councilors don't even sit on the council during this right many right. times You're not even on the council when this happened. So the process was flawed in many ways, and not every council's voice was heard or communities that were being unnecessarily disrupted. So it was important to stay strong and advocate Mm -hmm. for the voting rights of all residents in the city of Boston, which is one of the things. So it was a lot, but it was necessary and worth it in the end.
1: Did you support the legal challenge that was put forth that resulted in the redrawing the map? And if so, why?
2: Well, because I saw that changes were made and then deals were made behind the council meetings. You know, us 13 members are the line-drawing body. It says a right in the Constitution, right, that the Voting Rights Act and all of the rules we need to follow that we are elected and every 10 years we're the ones who draw the lines. And minimal changes are supposed to be made just to adjust for the census data. And this past census did not require any changes being made on opportunity districts or basing anything on race it was just a couple districts had population that needed to be adjusted district two had too many district three had too few and a couple other changes so we could have come up with a map with three four at the most five precincts changes but people wanted to go bold and make changes that were unnecessary and break neighborhoods up
1: yeah and what do you think was behind that though i mean Boys.
2: I believe that it was activists and outside sources that were pressuring, but there were counselors who were supporting it, and I do think they were trying to break up neighborhoods. And politics can be dirty uh, at ma'am, times, ma'am, right? Ma'am. And breaking up yeah. powerful neighborhoods and thinking that their voices weren't as important as others. And that's one of the reasons why I was supporting yeah. the plaintiffs who yeah. felt that they were you know, being...
1: Now, the uh, the new map uh, that was uh, drawn and mm-hmm. approved by the council, 10 to 2, I believe, was the vote. It was, yes. Uh, because Kenzie Bach was, uh, had already left. Uh, is that something you were supportive of? Did you have your a map that you put forward?
2: In the first round. Yeah. It wasn't looked at. Um, but this time, no, we used a base map. We were basically using the rules that. The 43 pages that the judge put forward Uh when she filed and agreed that we needed to throw out the map that was previously approved. I didn't vote yes on that previous map. So we made changes. I agreed with it mostly, Mm -hmm. and so I did vote yes for it. There was last-minute changes. Precinct 1414 and 151 were changed after our last meeting, which I didn't agree with but there was a belief that maybe we would get a unanimous vote on the council, as you saw. It didn't happen anyway. So were those changes necessary? I'm not sure, but...
1: But at at that point, it felt it more important to go forward with
2: Mm -hmm. something that was
1: amenable. And I understand now that the... uh, that Mayor Wu has uh, signed off on the new map.
2: She has. And
1: uh, so that's the basis, unless and until right. it's yeah. the judge intervenes again or. So the
2: judge does have to take a final look at it. Uh-huh. The attorneys for the plaintiffs did think that she was a little too quick to sign off, that we sh- she should have waited to see what the judge thought first. Yeah. But yeah. that's, I guess, just.
1: Right. Any idea when, when that might happen, when the judge might? Uh,
2: I think by this week or yeah. next because we, we could see yeah. something
1: mm-hmm. now uh uh counselor uh, louis jean was here last week and mm. who you know chaired the subcommittee that that came up with the new map
2: yeah i was the vice chair the, the oh, there you yeah. go yeah. so
1: uh, and perfect timing then uh, her suggestion was that in the future... Yeah, she thinks that we shouldn't have, have that power. And, and, and no, independent commissioner, how, how are you feeling about that?
2: I, I think that people should trust their elected officials and that yeah. we know, especially the district council, as they live in those neighborhoods and really know yeah. the communities of interest and yeah. the needs and what each street in you know neighborhood matters. Uh-huh. So I, I don't think we need to give up that power. I think we could do it right. If it's transparent and the process starts early this right. time it was rushed there were many it was clear that the votes were already there before many of the working sessions you know, uh, even happened so what, what
1: what was that about though I mean what why why this time I mean uh, mm-hmm. the council's gone through this process
2: before course, every,
1: every 10 years yeah yeah uh, never seemed to be problematic I mean there's some been some challenges yeah. to mm. it over some the years. changes and some some neat. of that uh, yeah. based uh, you know were, were uh, was uh, race-based. Uh, ironically, this was...
2: Just population. Uh, right.
1: Was population. Didn't say it was based yeah. on...
2: I think people had bigger plans yeah. that were not yeah. constitutionally yeah. okay.
1: Yet, the council seemed to be divided on these maps, you know, to a certain extent, based on race. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I think I made... Uh, at least people watching from the outside couldn't quite get a handle on what was going going on behind the scenes or was there something they were missing? Well, I said
2: many times, and when you talk to Councilor Baker later, he'll probably say the same thing, that the few meetings we did have, I said on the record many times that I felt like I was maybe in the twilight zone because we were asking questions or meetings were being Mm -hmm. stopped or discussions were not happening that we couldn't understand why, but once we knew the votes were already there, it seemed like it was a done deal, so we were advocating, but nobody was listening at that point.
1: Well, except uh, the judge, as it turned out. The judge out. agreed. As it turned out. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, that challenge was brought forth by in, in part by uh, counselors. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you were party to that Yeah, as well. well the
2: plaintiffs, na- neighbors yeah. in yeah. different neighborhoods right. in D4, in District 3 and 4 that were mostly affected and how right. Mattapan was split and yep. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. That's uh, how it turned out. Well, uh, it doesn't stop there, though. There there has been some controversy, uh, certainly around during the uh, DA's race uh, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Counselor Royal on the race, and it resurfaced recently uh, when it uh, turned out uh, uh, U.S. Attorney uh, Rachel Rollins was advising uh, Counselor Royal on his campaign and, mm-hmm. among other... Uh, uh, alleged uh, violations of the Hatch Act, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ultimately resi- uh, uh, resulting in her resignation as Secretary of Post, which uh, was, uh, I think, surprising to a lot of people. Well, yeah, but, pretty uh,
2: shocking. That's a big it, job. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a very yeah. uh, and a very important. And when job. you
2: followed, which I know you did, the process, it didn't pass the first time, right? Mm-hmm. It was a, the Vice President of the United States had to break that.
1: That's right. That yes. tie and to well, get at, her appointed at, at that, appointed point, at that right,
2: yeah, right. originally. Because at
1: that point, the uh, the uh, Senate was divided 50-50-50. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. uh, that said, uh, you suggested in in your comments following that that uh, you thought uh, uh, Counselor Arroyo should resign as a result of that. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's a pretty strong statement. Well, and, it was uh,
2: pretty strong text messages (laughs) if you read you know the text messages and the encrypted messaging that was going back and forth that which i don't think
1: a lot of people did and they're just reading about it yeah but, uh,
2: but it was clear that he was trying to interfere in the outcome of an election and that's just not okay especially as an attorney himself and as an elected official i I do believe that we're held to a higher standard Mm -hmm. and we should be and one of the reasons why the residents especially here in the city of boston look at the council and many times i hear it from people that i don't like it but i hear that you know that they don't respect us they don't think we're you know Mm -hmm. working well together and all of these you know mistrust in government and i think this ties right into it when you're finding messages of people trying to go after information mm-hmm. illegally to win an election instead of just winning the old-fashioned way. Right. Knock on doors, show up right. in the neighborhood, you know.
1: What was he, the reaction to your your call? I mean, I, was, I think he pulled papers as well uh, to he, run for re-election. Yep, so I, I'm he, guessing he, and he
2: said strongly that he right. is not stepping down. He's in the race. Yes. I saw another candidate jumped in. So there's four people right now in his district. So he has three opponents who are running against him. Yep. And some people say we should wait till the fall and let the voters decide, but that's to get in for next term. Right. I think we really need to look at the behavior for this term.
1: Well, um, And and do you think, uh, has that kind of added to the, uh, I don't know, the, the divide in the council? I, I don't, mean, you know, And you yeah. said what, what people were saying to you, and, uh, you know, and as a matter of fact, when I was walking in tonight, I, and I was telling somebody that I was having city councilors on, and they said, "Why is it so divided? It's like red and blue, black and white, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, this and that." And yes. uh,
2: and I didn't well, have people, I didn't have an answer. Yeah, I said, uh, "I mean, sometimes if you only tune in on Wednesday, because yeah. the cameras are on, so you know, sometimes it gets a little bit more theatrical than yeah. the day to day." But yeah, I don't think my statement added. It's uh-huh. just, I think it's important for me. Something, how you felt about I it. I made and a you. statement during the, when he was running, yep. standing up for the women. Yep. I was surprised that many of my colleagues, females, did not stick up for the victims. I yep. think that's kind of yep. unheard that of was, to uh, me, uh, right? Yeah, right? So it's the second time I've made a strong statement because yep. I do think that we need to believe women and we also have to take voting, you know, the Constitution yep. seriously. And when you violate it to win and use your friendships and your power to try to bring someone down. It's not. It's, it's, serious, it should be at least... charges, looking.
1: at least. Yeah. Uh, and what's been, uh, and not to belabor this, but what's been the reaction from uh, voters, people at your meeting? You know, Most, um,
2: yep, I have not heard anything negative from anyone. Yeah. It's all And thanking me for being you know, brave to speak up and to feel confident enough in myself to put myself out there.
1: Yeah, well, it, yeah. it, it is. I again, someone has to I, say it, yeah. Again, Erin uh, Murphy is here. She's uh, one of four uh, at large Boston City Councilors, and uh, we, it is a uh, City Council election year, and mm-hmm. all the Councilors uh, are up for re election. Um, we've got just a few minutes left. Now. I, You were a teacher for
2: a long time, 20 yeah.
1: years uh, yeah. in the Boston Public Schools. Yes. So, uh, there was a report just out recently about uh, uh, the cost per pupil oh, yeah. that uh, yeah. Boston now has the highest mm-hmm. cost per pupil of any...
2: Yeah, we surpassed New York City. Right. We surpassed. now spend the most. Right. And more oftentimes, than, I yeah. hear time yeah. and time again yeah. that we need to put more money to it.
1: Right. Are we getting our money's worth? No, it? the
2: return on investment and the drop yeah. in enrollment, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. No way. I mean, we really have to take a deep look at our... School committee, who ultimately approves the budget. We do get the first pass this month. We will be voting yes or no, but it ultimately gets ratified by the school committee because of that structure. But to have enrollment continue to decline in many of our schools underperforming and concerns many of the data that's coming out about safety concerns and academic concerns and special ed and ELL students not getting the proper education Are buses not getting kids to school on time? What's missing?
1: If you listen to uh, Superintendent uh, Skipper or Shipper, excuse me. Skipper, yeah. Skipper. uh, And Mayor Wu, for that matter, they seem to indicate that schools are doing great. Are are they missing something?
2: Yeah, I mean... (laughs) There are pockets I mean, of greatness. No. If you had walked into my classroom yeah. at any time, yeah. you would have and found you taught
1: over- where? I'm sorry. Um,
2: so many years at the Murphy School, okay. which was named yeah. after my grandfather. Uh, wow. I think we talked uh, about uh, that yeah. last yeah. time. And then I transferred to the Henderson, oh, the yeah. Inclusion Special uh-huh. Education. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, um, I was a dedicated teacher. Yeah. There are many hardworking, dedicated teachers. I think going to say, that's
1: kind of tough to say. I mean, yeah. colleagues, my daughter
2: is a teacher now in BPS, yeah. wow, so, right. yeah, yeah, I, I know. Know that teachers yeah. pour their heart at the Paris, the yeah. lunch monitors, everyone involved. Yeah. But there are definitely deficits that we can't yeah. ignore. What,
1: what's missing? What, what, what is it that? Yeah,
2: I think accountability. Uh, the people in
1: power mm-hmm. are missing that uh, uh, because, uh, and, and you know, a lot of their, their parents that are uh, voting on, with their feet on this. As a yeah. matter of fact,
2: they're either moving right out of the city because they right. can't afford both a private right. school and. Or uh, including, are,
1: especially including and uh, not to I'm sorry to interrupt, no, but uh, uh, you know parents of color. Well that
2: uh, was that one are, of the concerns are totally,
1: uh, you know, dis, yeah. you know.
2: That was one of the concerns with the judge that district four, which is the um, highest majority of black residents yeah. in the city of Boston, that through you know demographics we're losing many black families and many of our homeowners are leaving the city. So gentrification is happening in that district already. So to Take out black precincts from District Four was not a smart idea. Right. But yeah, we're losing families, and the majority of them are our black and brown families who are leaving the system.
1: Would a uh, elected school committee make a
2: difference? I don't, at all I don't or know or if no? that or is the end. I think a, it's a a accountability. Different,
1: uh, a different no. mayor, a different what? what I think
2: we, there's a culture in the school, and good ideas come up, but are they? You know, do they happen at every level in mm-hmm. every school? So how do we make sure? And we spend a lot of money at the top. We have to really look. When we're having Normal, fundraisers. It was uh, yeah.
1: 35000 per student, was there, oh, it? Oh, per student is a yeah, lot. But
2: yeah. we spend a lot of money for administration positions. So we really have to look at how much money is not being spent directly in the classroom on students. And we also have a chronic absentee problem. Some schools have as many, as high as 90% absentee. And some, uh, the student, average...
1: Student absentee or teacher No, student, absentee?
2: that's another issue, but on average it's 42% absentee. So students 42% of the time are not at school across the board. Wow. Some schools are low and some are even higher, yeah. but the average is 42%. Chronic absenteeism is 10%, so 18 school days a year. There's 180 school days. But most of our schools' average a student is going to be absent 42% of the time.
1: So how our kids we, aren't even... Cha-
2: how can we change that? Right, like how do we make sure kids get to school, yeah. right? Because we can do I all we...
1: School buses are on time. Right, well, right? that's another... Yeah. No, but that's
2: a problem. And many yeah. of our students yeah. who are on school yeah. buses are kids on IEPs and special ed students, so they're missing services. How do we get kids in the door? Because many times if they're in the door, the teachers are wonderful and ready to teach them, and how do we have that consistency? And it's even higher at our high school level.
1: Yes, well, it's yeah. uh, difficult. We've got just a couple minutes left. I got to ask you, uh, Aaron Murphy's priorities, if you are fortunate enough to be real. Oh,
2: yes. If, I'll be proud to go back <laughs> to the council. So, I've been advocating um, strongly for obviously equitable schools across. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't just have pockets of good schools. So, every student at every level, no matter what yeah. neighborhood or town, we shouldn't yeah. be pitting neighborhoods against each other. There yeah. should be great schools across the board safety not just in our schools but also in our neighborhoods is important but the mental health crisis which is something I've been advocating from the beginning and as the chair of public health making sure that the services are there not just for our kids but for you know adults seniors isolation making sure programming is there for our seniors especially Mm -hmm. to make sure coming out of the pandemic that the resources are there and that we're fully funding our community centers and our libraries and making sure they stay open more and
1: uh and the council has some newfound power uh now with the budget yeah uh, we do
2: have some amendment powers it's kind of was it easier to get things through though by calling the mayor yeah. and figuring it out or yeah, is maybe. it easy i don't know so we'll see this was our second time with the budget we've had the budget this season yep. last year. Last year, though, we also had a lot of money with opera. So at the same time, so I think some counselors were okay with not getting amendments through if we could get some opera funding, right. but that's gone because that was a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. investment. Right. So, but also advocating for athletics in right. sports, a lot of from the schools and yeah. the schools, but yeah. also yeah, making sure that these programs that are out there and these nonprofits that provide so much yeah. more than just you know. A baseball team, the coaches. Uh, I hear and, you. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, budget season, so we shall see. Will you come back? Uh, I will in, in a
2: couple we, weeks. Yeah, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we pass the budget or if uh, this will be. Uh, until
1: then, thank well, you. Well, thank so you. Much for I appreciate it, it. As, of course. As always, appreciate it. Thank Again, uh, Boston at large city councilor Erin uh, Murphy, and uh, she is running for reelection. Uh, mm-hmm. When we come back with more of Talking the Neighbors, well, well, we'll continue focusing on the Boston City Council with the uh, the longest serving, well, maybe not the dean. He is consistently. Michael Flaherty
2: will, because he has more years, but he had a four year break.
1: That's true. So Michael right.
2: definitely That's has right. more years. Anyway, but yeah.
1: Frank Baker, uh, yeah.
0: and he's uh, my district 12 counselor. years, a yeah. district
1: three city councilor uh, when we come back. Stay tuned.
0: Mm-hmm. Juan Diaz is a senior health care worker who's being forced to fight a no fault eviction housing court to resist being displaced from his home one that he's lived in for over 30 years.
3: The abuse is horrendous of millionaires that keep continuing to buy up property, buying up buildings, raising the rent for no reason, evicting families that have nowhere to go. This is an abuse that we have to stop. And you know, the millionaires keep getting rich, and we keep suffering. So we're going to continue to fight back against this.
0: Before the sudden eviction, Juan complained a number of times about the substandard conditions of his apartment. Whenever issues were fixed, rent would increase, making it unaffordable for him and others. Juan will try to negotiate a lease renewal to give him more time to find a new home, as rental prices in Boston are out of the financial reach for senior workers like Juan.
1: Right now, the housing market is completely haywire. And what we see in the housing market is the escalation of maximum profit over human need. And that's what's happening here on Hyde Park with Juan Diaz and it's what's happening all over the city and all over the metropolitan area and beyond you know we see building clearouts because a
0: landlord bought a building with the intention of a business plan that would result in everybody being evicted
2: this tenant mr diaz has lived in his apartment for 34 years has built his community here in boston and he's being asked to leave nonetheless despite a perfect record as a tenant this is something the landlord cares, pays no mind to, is just wanting to push him out, raise the rent, paying attention to the money and not the person.
0: City Life Vita Urbana, homeowners and tenant allies gathered in front of the Eastern Housing Unit in downtown Boston to protest unfair evictions and stand in solidarity with Juan. What is the fabric of our society if we don't have community, if we don't have a sense of
2: neighborhood uh, activities and and people are getting displaced? It's unfair.
0: Rents are very high and people are getting displaced and many of them, they are facing the streets. On Sunday, Mayor Michelle Wu and the Mayor's Office of LGBTQ Plus Advancement officially launched its newest initiative to protect and support young queer people in Boston, Amplified GSA.
2: We need the contributions of every single person who is ready to, to step up and, and give. And what we have seen over the course of history is systematic exclusions and marginalization and um, displacement ends up hurting all of us because we are shutting out sometimes the most brilliant um, talents and and, um, leadership that we really all desperately need in this moment.
0: GSA is a student-run school group that unites LGBTQ students with their allies to build community within their school. Previously, GSA was an acronym for Gay-Straight Alliance, but it's now more inclusive and is known as Gender and Sexuality Alliance. I believe that diversity makes us more beautiful, stronger, more well connected and more able to face the challenges that come. And so when people divide based on sexuality, gender identity, race, ethnicity, religion, um, it hurts us all. And so we want to be able to uplift LGBTQ youth and their allies to be able to build a better society for everyone. The program was created to learn more about what LGBTQ students need to feel more supported in their schools. Amplify GSA is focused on building connections throughout BPS schools by engaging with queer youth and their allies, teachers, school administrators and families. We believe that it's our responsibility to build a city that is safe for our trans youth, our gay youth, youth that have different sexual orientations and that ensure that they're safe at school, they're safe outside in the mall when they're uh, enjoying you know, their friendships and their family members. And, and we just think that it's important for us to
3: celebrate this moment um, as a city that is for everyone.
0: Since the start of 2023, there have been over 500 anti-LGBTQ bills introduced throughout the United States. Although Boston is a blue state, the threat of homophobia and transphobia spreads far and wide. I think most people would agree that mutual respect and appreciation and acceptance are some foundational tenets of our society. However, we don't always do that in practice when it comes to our personal beliefs. And so I think it's important for people to understand that folks in the LGBTQ community just want to be respected and included, just like everybody else, um, and that
1: all right, we're back with more of "Talk to the Neighborhoods." I'm Joe Heisler, your host tonight. Uh, Boston City Council politics. Uh, of course, earlier you heard from Aaron Murphy, an uh, at-large counselor who's running for re-election. This segment, uh, the dean of the Boston City Council, the uh, uh, longest-serving member continuously uh, at twelve years, Frank Baker from District Three, is here. And nice to have you here, Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Joe.
3: Thanks for having me. Well.
1: Uh, and I say that uh, with uh, all due respect, to, but earlier this year you said you've had enough. That yeah. You're not running for re-election. No, what I think 12 what, years what, is enough. What, what went into your decision, and uh, that was it difficult to make?
3: Uh, yeah, it was very difficult, very um, conflicted I was there. But um, this latest redistricting effort did a, did a number. I mean, I don't want to say I left because of redistricting. That was more like just the the icing yeah. on the cake you know that that last sort of very difficult exercise that i had to endure yeah. um, and and I, you know and of course my wife wanted me to you know, step aside <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah so you have to take all that into account. yeah if but i want to remain married uh, i have to do something else <laughs> well, i i uh, i know that uh, feeling myself but uh, not quite in the same <laughs> vein but uh uh well, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, you have a perspective that, uh, you know, having served as long as you did, uh, a lot of other people haven't, and that in some ways the council lacks. Uh, and I'm uh, just wondering, what, what's been the reaction to your decision?
3: Uh, from my colleagues? Yes, or from your
1: colleagues and, and from constituents.
3: Well, I'm getting a lot of good uh, good people saying nice things to yeah. me and thanking me for the, for the service, because anyway you slice it, you're, you're putting yourself out there to, yeah. to, to help people from right. the city council right. position. And be
1: judged every day.
3: Yes, yes. In, in the, um, some of the council members have, have wished me well and, and, and said, you know, it's been good working with you. Yeah. I wish we would, were working longer sort of, sort of thing, you know. But it's, it's been a good experience.
1: Well, you've never been uh, reluctant to kind of uh, tell it like it is, to say what you're thinking, yeah. and uh, and and sometimes that's ruffled feathers yeah. uh, on the council, uh, perhaps more so recently than previously. Although you came on when Tom Menino was still the yeah. mayor, I remember. Yeah. And, you know, you might not have been his favorite uh, counselor. No,
3: no, no. I went but, from worst but. to first with Marty, though.
1: There you go. Yeah, uh, a, a big difference. But uh, well, we and we were talking with Aaron Murphy about this earlier uh, about why why now? Why is the council, uh, or maybe it isn't, but it's seemingly so divided and so uh, kind of torn. And, and
3: well, um, like as i'm going in different rooms people are asking me to come and say bye basically i'm saying you know i didn't i didn't go to college joe but but the city council this job has given me a phd in relationships yeah and through covid and going into zoom it it, there isn't there isn't that sort of relationship there uh, among the, the council because we're not in our offices, you know, doing day-to-day business, our staffs intermingling to, to figure out, you know, when a staff comes on and they're new, they, they don't know how to do a resolution or how to file things or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, we were always there to, to, to be helpful mm-hmm. and things like that. And But those relationships, because of, not that everything's COVID, um, but we the politics really got different in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of uh, new faces there as well. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, is that uh, uh, and and don't get me wrong there was always uh, a lot of differing opinions, yeah. a lot of egos on the Boston City oh, yeah. Council yeah. to say the least, but at the end of the day, uh, people seem to be able to kind of come together. Yeah. And I am I, that seems to be missing now. And I and and well, what, Joe, what, what and again
3: and again I get, I got I get elected to have relationships and to be able to to deliver what it is my district needs. And my first relationship is with my colleagues and 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 I be straight that's part of the reason why I am stepping away because I'm having a difficult time uh forming these relationships mm-hmm. and and you know for for a number of reasons, but I also take some ownership in that. I mm-hmm. I've been a little a little rough myself, but I've I've been pushed.
1: Read some a little bit pretty also. harsh words uh, yeah. tossed around, and yeah. uh, you know, that's I, I don't think you you might normally hear before, but this is a different time, and mm. in the post-Trump era, I mean, yeah. all kinds of things are said uh, yeah. that um, decorum decorum has taken has, has taken
3: a, a beating, and, and, you know. It, Maybe it's Trump. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of things. Yeah, it but, may not be that, but yeah, uh, certainly, yeah. uh, you know, I'm we sure. have to get back to a mutual respect and, and yeah. what's what's best for the city of Boston. You know, yeah. it, 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 there's a lot of national politics at play also that I think come with a certain way of advocating, a very aggressive way of advocating. That that you know, I was on the other side of for a while, and it's it's straight out mean yeah. and and you know, it makes it difficult to wanna to have relationships
1: yeah. with and tough to carry on. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well uh you know and you mentioned earlier about uh you know the how the whole debate over redistricting kind of was the uh uh you know kind of the uh, spoiled the stew so yeah. to speak. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. uh kind of uh you know uh, gave it yeah. a, a bitter taste for you. Uh, how so? I mean, what, what was it that happened during that? Now you were one of the uh, parties. I don't know if you were a, a direct party, but helped to fund the lawsuit that ended up, I don't know, winning. overturning, yep. winning, requiring the council to come back and redraw the district. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what was what, what was driving you on that, and and uh, how was it that you that. Uh, you were able to to get the judge and, and to uh, well, agree and and ask that a new map be drawn. What was
3: what was driving that for me on my side was basically the treatment that I received, that District Three received, right. that I think to some degree was directed at me back to relationships, yeah. um, because not all things are what they seem on this on the City Council. And I do think a big part of that was was personal. Um, you know there was no reason to go into district 3 and cut district 3 the way the way um that the it that map. it happened you know, I was I was totally on the outside looking in there was no communication with people on the in, you know there was communication within certain groups yeah. Yeah. but there wasn't communication with the the committee or or even the most changes were in were in district 3 not a single colleague that, that was part of the the original people that voted for yeah, the map that and was we, I out. think
1: we have, uh, well, we have the final map now, but uh, I don't know if we have the prior map. Uh, we may or may not. Anyway, keep well, going. Well, not know. a
3: single colleague had even asked me my opinion yeah. on District 3. I'm yeah. the longest-serving right. um, district council. Right. My family's been in the Columbia-Savon Hill area for over 100 years, right. and, and, you know, I know what my neighborhoods are.
1: Right. They don't even ask my opinion. And that first opinion. map... If I recall correctly, and this is an oversimplification, but took at least the part uh, uh, down in sixteen. And, yeah, and and, and locked seventeen, it off.
3: seventeen, thirteen, and then the and then the higher precincts, yeah. twelve, eleven, and eight in in um so all that area there. Basically, we called it the boot. Right. Um, mostly mostly white, high voting, very like yeah. coming out at yeah. at over fifty percent, nearly everything. They're coming out in a hurricane. Right. Uh, 50 to 70 percent those yeah. those precincts, yeah. and then you swap those with high concentration of black voters on the others on the other side of Dorchester that are low voters. I mean, maybe not this election, but you run the risk of losing black representation in District Four, and it and it's all about opportunity districts. Joe, well,
1: what what is that? Explain that. Uh, that's well, the whole concept because that was the key part of the judge's ruling in this case, as I understand, was that it. Uh, uh took away the opportunity in the opportunity districts that were out there which are districts that uh have enough people a
3: higher population of non a non-white population the thought being that those populations would would vote together um district four being the being the black seat the black opportunity it traditionally always was the last time we did redistricting which i sat on that we had a charge from the beginning and that process was over two years after i got elected in 11 on a tuesday on a thursday i was in a working session that they asked me to come into because district three was was talked about quite a bit yeah uh 10 years ago Mm -hmm. also um, but an Opportunity District could, could be, some, so District 3 technically is already an Opportunity District. I was going to say, 60, isn't,
1: isn't it It's
3: 63% uh, not, not white. Right. Um, there People is a high voting concentration down at St. Brandon, Cedar right. Grove, Neponset area, right. but... And the thought was always that only a candidate from there could win, but I was a candidate from the other end of town that had coalitions of people from the Vietnamese and Fields Corner. I had Savin Hill. I knocked all the precincts that I lost 10 years ago, which were... High high voting black precincts that were St. Greg's Parish. Right. If, if if you wanted to do a true opportunity, talk to the district three. Talk to me, district three city councilor. I would say, well, give me back what I had, which would have been sixteen one, sixteen three, and then the 17th, yeah. The the parish of St. Greg's.
1: Uh huh. So bring us up to date here now. The the newest map, and I understand that the uh, the mayor has uh, signed off on it, but yes. the. Judge in the case has not, uh, you know, signed off or commented yet. As far yeah. as I what does that do? What is? It is uh, did it put back those precincts that it, you thought should be part of uh, District Three, or what, what? What? ultimately ended up happening, and how did it happen?
3: It it did so in in um, in the courthouse because I was there for quite a bit of quite a bit of the testimony the judge had asked the the city side not the plaintiffs the city side because we come up with a baseline map first, yeah. where there were yeah. twenty precincts yeah. That yeah. we had to, so once we did that first exercise we had a very good interaction we had a baseline map where hmm. only I think two districts were out of sync with population because we we're only we we're only uh, out of compliance and population that's it right no voter voting rights uh, violation or anything like that so um, The judge had asked the other side, so if you got a baseline map and District 3 was still, you know, 3,000 people short around one precinct, why did you go into the lower, the southeast part of the district and lop off five precincts? It doesn't mean you took approximately 8,000 people out, like the domino effect of that is felt all over when you don't need
1: to now you need to adjust all the yeah. way around
3: especially when we're under time restraint if the if if people had said when the process should have started, yeah. if they had said, well, we really want to look at District 3 because of this and, and had a serious mm-hmm. conversation about making it a stronger opportunity, black opportunity district, and asked them my opinion, I would say, well, give me back my my, my parishes that I, that I had advocated mm-hmm. for, which would have been St. Craig's, St. Mark's, and St. Ambrose. I got St. Ambrose, I got St. Mark's. If I got St. Craig's, I believe that would be, uh, an opportunity district yeah. for. And, and again, Joe, it's about, in Boston, it's about a good candidate.
1: Yeah. It doesn't did matter. you get St. Greg's back, The ultimately? I did,
3: I did not. I got the, I got where the church, so all of Dot Ave. Don right. Ave is one right. of the boundaries, so I have all of Don Ave right to the Milton right. border. Yeah. So that's 1713, yeah. St. Greg's Church okay. and school.
1: So uh, the mayor came up with the map. My God, there was like three or four different maps. Uh, uh, and... Uh, were you happy with what ultimately was uh, approved?
3: I am because um, while there was some, there was a little bit of um, <clears throat> chicanery going on at the end there with some some precincts swapping in and out. But at the end of the day, it was between two district councils, and if they're okay with it, I'm okay yeah. with it. My what I had was consistently saying is, "Why are you chopping me? Let me grow where I where I need mm. to grow," mm. which is what ended up happening. So I remained whole. With the exception of seven-seven Mary Ellen McCormick housing project, which was part of the lawsuit, the the housing development South Boston housing de- development staying with South Boston, so mm. they got that back.
1: So that went back into funds, yeah. and effect? I picked
3: that up ten years ago. Oh, so that was something that I got and I shed and, already, and
1: that uh, got moved over as well. Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, and. You have the perspective that, as you mentioned earlier, you were part of the uh, redistricting process 10 years ago. Um, will the council be better for it? Will the districts be better? Will the city be better for uh, having gone, kind of gone through this, all this uh, controversy?
3: Uh, it's tough to say. I, I think I think the districts are the districts in, in advocate, it's a history of advocating with like neighborhoods to your left or to your right yeah. um so keeping and speaking selfishly for myself i know district 3 will be stronger right. will be stronger because of it um maybe it's good to have a uh, a good family fight right out in the street and and um
1: <laughs> That's how things and, used to and, and, be and,
3: and, used and, to be and, settled and, in and, the and, neighborhood and settle it settle yeah. it out yeah. you know so um we'll see yeah. you know we have the budget now and and um so we'll
1: get one thing uh, a and no thought after it was redrawn about uh, taking your uh, your decision not to run back, right? Mm, no. No. <laughs> well, because I, I know there's a lot of people that uh, have high praise for you as especially all the work, constituent work you've done uh, over I the years that. and yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's been uh, great too. it's been I, great. I think uh you know Dorchester will be uh, the lesser of it for a result. Of, now there is a uh, a, a, a spirited race developing. I know I at least two candidates running. Are there more? for There's eight it, candidates. Eight, so far. eight in total. And my I, original I just race hear all, all these different names, right?
3: My original race was seven. There's, they actually yeah. have one more in it now than than my than my race 12, uh, 12 years ago. So it
1: should make for an interesting uh, preliminary election yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, coming up. And uh, uh, well, uh, what's ahead for uh, Frank Baker? Uh, you know, well, uh, you've. Uh, uh, you know you worked at as you mentioned you worked at city hall for many years in yeah, the print, print department, department right in the North End, if yeah. i remember that and uh uh and some people were surprised when you ran initially and you yep. won the seat yep. uh over the opposition of i a had few my people. rolodex from the print department <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that was uh you know very <laughs> helpful but but what's next for uh frank baker Cause, uh
3: um well I, I made my announcement early for two reasons, because I wanted to make sure that the way I exit is was proper. Um, that I don't that, that that I take time enough to be able to if somebody is interested in me, then I can I can vet them and not have to jump into something. You know, it's not right. just money that I'm right. looking for, Joe. Right. Of course that's nice, but I, I wanna end up someplace where I'm Affecting something and, and have a little more, not that a city councilor doesn't have a say, but but as a city councilor, you really don't have anybody that directly reports you. You have your staff, but right. any sort of constituent service or anything that you got yep. get done is based on relationships that you have not just within city hall but within state departments and mm-hmm. and different you know the development community the business community the nonprofit community it's all relationships and how you pull people together and convene people that's how i was successful um so so i don't want to necessarily take all those contacts and everything that that i had or that i, I i'd like to be i'd like to be able to help people cuz that's what how I grew up, that's my neighborhood. We, it, you know, Dorchester, it's a helping hand. We sure. was always there, so I'd like to be someplace where I was making some kind of effect.
1: Would you ever consider running uh, again for another office?
3: Um, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't rule that out. Mm-hmm. You know, I. there's, you know, it's an honor to just have people I say, you. would you run for this? Yeah. And, 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 and politics and life is, yeah. all, is all timing. If some, something happens and the time is right there for me, I, I, I could probably get my wife on yeah. board with yeah. something. <laughs>
1: well, some things uh, never change. All right, uh, your, the biggest challenge that you faced uh, while uh, on the council and uh, the thing you're, uh, you're most proud of?
3: I should have thought of this, Joe. Um, <laughs> the most challenging thing, I think, early on that my first um, my first term that I was in, mm-hmm. as you know, it was very contentious, and and I was coming up against Menino. He was the gorilla in the room. Mm-hmm. Who who I have a total different perception mm-hmm. of Menino now. Twelve years in, I totally understand the mm-hmm. man so much more, but. They were straight out mean to me early on, going in, and, mm-hmm. and talk about dirty politics. They they had, you know, I had had knocked doors all summer long. Then towards the final, they had illegally, they being the Menino people, had illegally pulled my quarry. You go and knock doors, and people are like, what's this? And and it and it hurts so mm-hmm. much. Yep. And then when I get in, they were pretty mean to me, mm-hmm. but. I prevailed in that Rolodex from the, from the printing department, that relationship and the, the Boston relationship. Mm-hmm. People knew that I wasn't a bad guy, that mm-hmm. I wanted to help people ultimately. So even even a whole bunch of people yeah. that, were, that were true believers in the Menino way, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't yeah. want to badmouth yeah, someone. No, with, no, it, it, yeah, yeah. True believers yeah. in, in the Menino way were, were straight with yeah. me and helped yeah. me yeah. Yeah. be successful.
1: Right. Well, I know you've helped a lot of people in recovery as well, and, yeah. and uh, I think oh, that's so That awesome. was a
3: hard thing. I didn't say a, so. Yeah. I have a really good thing getting rent. Well, of course, the development and the investment I think is a good thing ultimately in 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 Dorchester. Um, the the biotech industry is 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 coming in. They're coming hard, and 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 I've been instrumental in. We'll have our first cohort, ironically, right after I leave in January, that we're setting up a a. Um, lab training space at the old globe building which would be uh-huh. four thousand square feet yep. we'll do we'll do thirty people at a time no age you know we're looking yep. at kids mostly twenty five but if you're forty five and you wanna you want a job um, change we're looking to do you know fundamentals in 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 um... in biotech mm-hmm. how to get in entry level in these um, jobs that are coming Go in.
1: Are changing a lot is that uh... and you know a lot, of development, a lot of development all across the city now, but uh, yeah. Is that all for the better? Well, Joe, um
3: sometimes you pine for the good old days.
1: Yep. Sometimes. And
3: and you know, my good old days, Crescent Ave was Crescent Ave was uh yeah. was a yeah. open air drug market and Sydney Street at Columbia Station was where they would take the cars to burn them. Right. So but we had a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm not gonna say there wasn't a lot of fun, but you know, with your with your um, efficiencies in government become, you know, everything becomes more expensive. And the reality is we talked for so long about becoming a world-class city. The worst thing they could have done for us is the Red Sox winning in 04, then again in 07. Now everybody wanted to be there. We've had 20 <laughs> years of winning city, you know, so people want to be here. We have to figure out how to, how to manage that. I mean, all the neighborhoods, it's less and less original people.
1: Yeah. But those three deckers are now uh, three condos. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Uh But
3: the streets are, are are safer, and you know, I wish the schools were doing better. But I, I think all in all, I'd I, I'd take this Boston over, over maybe um,
1: what it was twenty thirty ninety yeah. ninety one well,
3: Boston ninety two Boston.
1: Well, you know, you uh, you're talking about Savin Hill. Of course, Marty Walsh was from Savin Hill too, and uh, a lot of. Uh, changes all along, uh, especially along Dorchester Ave, yeah. and 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 now you're talking about the old Globe Space and the, uh, uh, the UMass site the, will be built out. UMass, yeah. uh, that whole thing. So uh, and
3: it's all about the future yeah, too, yeah, Joe. This yeah, is yeah. how uh, are UMass people wouldn't...
1: being priced out though now? Uh, Mayor Wu, I last thing wants uh, wants have wants,
3: been being priced right, out. Right. You know, she not, wants it, us a
1: rent stabilization. Uh, bill and passed the council. Uh, yeah,
3: it it did pass. It, yeah. it you know like it's you know ten percent to raise your yep, rent. Yep. Everybody that I know that has property, small property yep. owners, myself included, I'm never raising my rent ten yep. percent. Yep. You know if you're a good tenant and and there's not a problem, yep. you basically probably rent is going to yep. stay the same. It, it it's 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 maybe legislation or just say we did yep. this. When at the end of the day, I don't think it's. I, Kind of do needed
1: that much. though, or is there a risk of uh killing the goose that laid the golden uh, egg?
3: I think it's more of a more of a risk thing, yeah. you know, and, and you know, but we have to get serious about. Yeah. Building units, unencumbered with all the bureaucracy that we have in place now. Yeah. We need to be building that twenty-five, forty-unit building, bang, 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 without, you know, like saving, saving on on cost would just would just be okay. Right. Here's our plan. Sign off on it. This is what yeah. we're going to do. City, city, land, and, and move it along. That's how you lots save of money. Uh, lots
1: of things happening, and uh, unfortunately, we're we're out of time for tonight. Uh, before you go, before you go out of office, will you come back and talk will, to us Joe. again? I will, Joe. I will. love having you. Uh, Frank Baker, of course, for 12 years, the District 3 Boston City Councilor, and here tonight talking about his decision to uh, to leave his post at the end of his term. Thanks so much, Thank Frank, much. for everything you do and uh, for all your good work over the years. Thanks, Joe. Uh, we're out of time for tonight. For the entire staff and crew here at the Boston Neighborhood Network, I want to thank you for watching, Talk to the neighbors. Have a pleasant evening. Good night.
0: The preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass. 02119. Attention WBCA LP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at BNNTV.org.